Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where every week I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. So this is a special episode because the catchy title is The Enemies of Sleep Training. And I want to be very clear, it's a catchy title, right? Makes you wanna listen. I dragged you in here, I got you really excited, and we are. We are gonna talk about the people, maybe around you in your life, who are anti-sleep training and how you can deal with that. But I also want to preface this with the people who I'm dubbing the enemies, they're not our worst enemies. I just want you to know there are gonna be people along your journey, if you didn't know already, who maybe don't support you in this process. And I can say that because I've got some personal stories here. So I love all these people. I think they're fantastic in your support network, but sometimes they just aren't quite on board with what you have in mind for your baby. So let's get into it. I'm gonna focus on two primary enemies of sleep training, grandparents, and siblings. Now at the end of this podcast, I'm going to go into a little bit of Q&A where I've gotten more questions, things about how to deal with friends who are anti-sleep training, and some other questions from listeners and also from people on Instagram. And I want to hit on some of their questions as well that are similar to this topic. So let's get into parents, grandparents, who are anti-sleep training. So let's begin with the grandparents who we love and we're grateful for, but that are sometimes anti or not quite on board with the changes that you have in mind. So anytime I get a new client who tells me that grandma or grandpa watches the baby during the day, I love that. I think it's a fantastic bond and what I mean, what awesome memories you're going to have growing up with them. However, I know that I'm gonna need that grandparent to also be in on our consultation. So I meet with families in my one-on-one coaching over a video conference or in person if you're here in Richmond, and we talk about this is the change that we're going to make. And it's really valuable to have the grandparent there because primarily they're the ones doing the daytime, but also because I need them to listen in and be tuned in. So I wanted to share some of the feedback, some of the resistance I've gotten from grandparents and how you can feel empowered in handling your child's sleep. So a few years ago, I was on a video conference with a grandparent and her daughter, and they lived together and we're raising the daughter's child. The child was, I believe, 10 months old. It was under one, but a little bit older, so like a 10, 11 months old. And on our conference, I could quickly tell the moment we got on that the mother was from, I think, Germany, and I could tell it was Germany, Austria. It was definitely a foreign accent, and I kind of got the sense that just from her body language on the video conference, that she was not very happy for me to be there. And so as I got in, I just kept things upbeat, kept things very focused on what we're doing, why we're doing this, talking about our goals, walking through our strategies. And not even about 10 minutes in, the grandmother stops me and says, I have raised five children and I never had to do any of this. I do not believe in what you are doing and I do not think it will work. Woo, okay, what a way to begin a new experience and a new journey with this family. I mean, y'all, this was our very first meeting and that's what I'm hit with. And this was the grandmother who was gonna be watching this child during the day. So 
from that instant, when the grandmother told me that, her daughter kind of smiled and said, Mom, I really want you to do this with me. And I knew in that moment I should have dug deeper because when I'm working with parents who definitely live with the grandparents, I want to make sure before we even get to that first consult, I want to make sure that they are on board. Because if you have a grandparent or you have a close family member who is primarily watching your child during the day, then they have to be on board because it's not going to work. You can't sleep train during the nighttime and then just forget about it the next day. It's a puzzle. It all goes together and everything has to be in sync. So step one. If you are beginning the sleep training journey and you have a grandparent, especially who lives in your home and is going to be primarily working with your child during the day, please make sure that they are all about making the change with you. So here's a couple of pointers and some things you can help tell them about why you're making change and what this is going to be a benefit for. So for one, I want you to, of course, tell them that, hey, I'm sure you noticed that getting my child or getting our little baby, whatever you want to say, I'm sure that you've noticed that getting our little kid down is a chore. It is not enjoyable. It's becoming a lot more stressful. And I am ready to seek help. I am ready to sleep train. And I would like for you to support me in that. Even if you're not 100% on board, I really want you to support me because I am this child's parent. You're the advocate, right? Mom, dad, you are their advocate. You are the primary one who's making the call. So I want you to, first of all, tell grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever it is, that we are all in this together, yes, but I would really like for you to support me because not only am I about to invest my time into sleep training, and I don't want to waste our time here, but Sometimes we're investing our finances, whether you work with me or another sleep consultant or you are in some type of coaching program elsewhere or in my own coaching. Guys, I want you to tell your grandparents, tell your aunt and uncle that you are investing time, money, because this all matters and you want it to work. And so make that very clear that you want them to support you, that you are going to be investing your time and your monies into this and you want it to work. And more than that, you're doing this for the development and health of your child. So babies, toddlers, I don't ever have to tell you, mom, that broken sleep is the worst right? You know that waking up all night long does not feel good. Well, guess what? For your baby toddler, doesn't feel very good either. And children only grow when they're sleeping. That's when the growth hormone is secreted. So I want them to have the best solid night sleep and some great naps. So we've got to be on the same board as this. And I want you to tell grandparents, aunts, uncles that, hey, we're also sleep training because I want my child to have the fullest, most restorative sleep possible. And I really am concerned about their health and development because especially if nursing mom, you're experiencing an open buffet sense all night long and you're feeding them all the time and they're not feeding well during the daytime, we need to shift that. And that needs to definitely be a part priority. So speak to the grandparents, aunts, uncles, again, close family members who are a major part of your child's daytime sleep or sometimes even the nighttime. Let them know that you are their advocate. You're you're calling the shots because you're the parent, but also you're investing your time and your finances and you're doing this for the health and development of baby because that's really where we want to be seeing a lot of change during our time together. You can refer to the episode just prior to this on trends to watch for during sleep training and those are some good things to keep in mind about why we're doing this. But the final piece that I always love to bring around is, hey, 
again, I'm sure you've noticed that getting my child to sleep is stressful. I know that. So I would like to make your time with them a lot happier and more enjoyable by teaching them how to sleep independently so that you can have a break. Oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? Yes, you want them to have a break, whether it is grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, you do care about them and let them know that, that, hey, I care about you. And I know that sitting there with them or laying there with them or having to stress about a long or a short nap, that is not a fun situation to be in all the time. And I want them to sleep well so that you can have a break and enjoy that time. So that is my final send off piece for grandparents that, hey, we're doing this because yes, I want, I'm their advocate. I want them to have better sleep, better development, eat better during the day. I want you to be able to support me, but primarily I'm also looking for a break for you, right? I want you to be able to rest and relax. So that's a a big reason that we want to sleep train. All right, so that's grandparents. And I hope and I just really pray every time when I get together with a new family where grandma, grandpa are involved, that they're supportive because even my own dad was not quite on board with what I wanted to do. Um, In my family, it's pretty interesting. My dad is actually the baby person. Like my mom is the first to say babies, toddlers, not her thing. Teenagers, she was great at. Um, But my dad was like the baby guy. So he loved, we actually lived with them for the first eight months when we moved here to Virginia, trying to decide where we're going to live, what we're going to do. And it was such a blessing to us because, wow, life with an 18-month-old and a newborn is really hard. (laughs) So in the beginning of our journey with our youngest, I mean, they're newborns. Everything's flexible. We're trying to create daily rhythms and we were working really hard on things, which you can get a sneak peek in the newborn course, littlezsleep.com slash newborn, a good plug right there, right? But I was really working on daily rhythms, setting the expectations. And there were multiple times by the time we got to three and four months old, where my dad, who loved having a little midday lunch break, cuddle time, rocking time with our youngest, I had to say, all right, I'm going to go bring her up to her crib. And he would say, no, 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 it's okay. I'm just going to rock her for a minute. Why don't you go um, eat some lunch? Or why don't you go uh, for a walk or something? And I was like, thanks, dad. But I'm really trying to teach her how to sleep in her crib because we can't do this anymore, right? That's not working. So it was kind of a a moment for me to be like, hey, do you remember who I am? Like, what do I do? (laughs) So definitely I've been in your shoes. I know what that's like to tell grandparents that, hey, it's time to stop rocking, which I know you love, but it's time to stop that. It's never fun, but it's for the benefit of everybody, right? I'm sure that even when my dad comes over now, he jokes that he goes up after we leave and gets them and holds them and sings to them. So Who knows if that's actually going on, but you know, grandparents, we love them. We just want to support them and have them really be a cheerleader for us as we sleep train because it will make things so much smoother. All right. So now getting into siblings, I'm not talking about your siblings, like the aunts and uncles of your baby. I'm literally talking about the baby's siblings. So I have often come into a family's home and we are working with younger baby and that little baby has three or two adoring fans called brother or sister, right? And they dote on and they love and they cuddle and they just want to be a helper. And what's really difficult is that change means that the baby is going to protest. If you refer all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, believe it's episode three or four. How long should my baby cry? I'm going to let you know crying is a part of the sleep training process. I 
cannot guarantee that your baby's not going to cry. So protesting is going to happen, but we have to equip brother, sister about what's going on. So I (laughs) worked with these twins who were so much fun. They're so stinking cute. And they had an older brother. And the twins were actually in the room with mom and dad because they had a pretty small house. So we set up a partition. We set up a like a floor to ceiling curtain between mom and dad and the twins in the room. And there was a door on that other side of the partition where the babies, where the twins cribs were. And one morning, the twins had finally slept well, like they were finally sleeping in. And by sleeping in, I mean they were finally getting to 7 a.m. And in walks Big Brother, just so excited that he himself had made it to the clock to turn green, right? Oh, my gosh. And mom and dad leapt out of bed and raced over and got him, trying to make sure he didn't wake up the baby girls. And I can't remember if they did or didn't wake up. But I just always recall that because it is that sense of you're so excited and you want to continue and you're so eager to sleep train, but you also have other kids to look out for and you want them to succeed and feel like they are not being a bother to sleep training. So what we ended up saying was, okay, you can definitely come in, but I think we put like a sticker or a marker or something like that on the door of, hey, because there were two doors into this parent's room. So, hey, don't go through this door. Go through the other door, right? So when you are sleep training younger baby brother or sister and your older siblings are quite concerned or they could interfere, here's what I want you to do. For one, lay the expectations. So for this little guy, I told them, told the parents to say, hey, you can get up when your clock turns green, but this is the door you have to come into or this is the room you can go into. You can't go in this one right here because that's where your sisters are sleeping, right? And on the other end of the spectrum, I have to tell parents to give a little script, let's give a little narrative to older brother, sister, and say that, hey, I don't know if you have noticed or realized, but your sister doesn't sleep very well. Um, She's really struggling. And you might hear her tonight when you're sleeping. You might hear her crying or you might hear her kind of babbling. You know that silly noise that she makes sometimes. Yeah, you might hear that in the middle of the night, but it's okay because mommy and daddy always have her. We've always going to respond. We're always going to be here for her. And it's okay. You don't have to worry about it. So when I'm working with siblings, um, whether we are sleep training both of them or I'm just working with one and we're trying to preserve the other's good sleep, I'm always going to give a little narrative and set the expectation like this is what's going on. So just make sure that you know and in the middle of the night when they wake up, it's okay. I've got it. Don't worry about it. Just roll over, grab your teddy bear and go back to sleep, right? But my favorite thing to do, actual practical strategy, is to to add more white noise. I'm a huge fan of white noise. So in the show notes, you can find my very favorite, favorite white noise machine, the dome sound machine. And I would encourage you to put one outside baby's door or outside big brother, big sister's door, because we can add more white noise in the hallway. And that will really help preserve their sleep. Because yes, little brother, little sister might wake up, but at least they maybe won't wake up everybody else because there's more padding in the hallway and they might not hear it. So that's something practical you can get into. So there you have it grandparents and siblings, the two people who are not quite a big fan of sleep training because they have a huge love for little baby or little one, and they aren't so keen on sleep training. 
So here are a couple of questions that I have gathered from some listeners and some actual clients. So my first question comes from Monica, who actually wants to know, what do I do about friends who are very judgmental or give me a hard time about my baby's schedule? Oh my gosh, this question. It makes me a little sad because I think if we circle back to it, I would want to ask that parent, well, hey, does your baby sleep 11, 12 hours all night long? And does your baby sleep three hours during the day, like total? Usually the answer is no. And I think some of this, of course, stems from jealousy, right? Like, oh, well, my baby doesn't do that. Well, I'm going to be hard on those who do have that. And so to Monica, I would just really tell them kind of like grandparents, like, hey, this works for our family. In fact, I find my own mental health is better because I'm sleeping all night long. And we have a daytime rhythm that we follow every day. And my babies are happy, healthy and thriving because of that. And even I know in this case, Monica, since we sleep train together, I would urge you to share your story, right, about how baby ate more, about how you were going from waking up four to six times a night to now sleeping solid every single night in just a matter of two weeks time. And it's an incredible story. So your stories are powerful, y'all. Your success stories, when your friends might not understand, um, hopefully they know well enough what you were experiencing before and they'll be happy for you. But if not, if they are criticizing your schedule, I want you to tell them that, you know what, I find that our family is happier, healthier, and able to have more fun together because we live on a daily rhythm. But the other thing is that schedules are not binding, which goes into a question I received from a recent discovery call. So I hold discovery calls with families who want to do one of my top packages. And whenever we get into this, they ask me, well, Becca, I'm just not quite sure because I am nervous about being bound to my house every day. I actually don't want to be on a schedule. I would rather my baby be free flowing. And I honor the idea. Okay, so I honor the fact that you want to be able to just take your baby and go wherever because you want to live your life. And I get that. However, Having a free-flowing day and not having a schedule, that's kind of the enemy of sleep because your baby craves a schedule. They crave knowing when things are happening and what's going on. So I would urge you just to understand that having a schedule and having set nap times does not mean you live in a prison. It actually is going to free you up a whole lot. So one of the final things that I provide for my clients are travel expectations. And usually on our final call, we're going to talk through, hey, do you have any trips coming up? Or, you know, are you going to be going out of town soon what's happening let's walk through what you're going to do actual because I want you to know that when you do travel with your baby who now knows how to sleep well travel is not an enemy of sleep training not at all in fact your baby should be able to just copy paste as normal from home and to where we go and for toddlers yes it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment because they are very aware of where they are and that something's different what's going on but those basic underlying skills of sleeping independent are still there and that is so important so whether you are dealing with grandparents or siblings or friends or your own self and the idea of not wanting to be on a schedule, I want to urge you that first of all, you are your child's own advocate. You are the one who is calling the shots and you're doing all of this for the benefit and for the health of you because you're actually the one I mostly care about. I think your baby's great. I think your kid is great, but you, mom, dad, you're the reason I do what I do. And we want to make sure that your baby, your child is growing happy, healthy, and strong. So I hope this gives you some encouragement today as you walk into your sleep training journey, wherever you are, to give you some actual strategies. So sweet dreams. See you next time.